Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. I've been fortunate, really fortunate to meet so many good people over the journey. This is proof you don't necessarily have to be a big name to have a big story. This is Weekend Story. Some easy listening as I talk to some of the people I've met along my journey. They're from differing backgrounds and industries. The stories are theirs, uniquely theirs. They're inspirational, emotional, intriguing and different. Sometimes all rolled into one. You may not know their name, but by the end of this podcast, you won't forget their story. Welcome to Andy Raymond Unfiltered and Weekend Story. Hi, I'm Ash Brennan, and this is my story. Ash Brennan and his story. Well, our story goes back probably 20... 25 years. Ash is a very accomplished senior member of the Australian television industry. You're the EVS guy. You're the replay guy. Please explain. Um, thanks, Andy. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we, we first met in the days of Super League. Would that be right? Yeah, probably. Um, What's that, no, uh, 97? Yeah, yeah. Um, we discussed our love of the Eels, um, which I think brought us together. But, um, yeah, so EVS, basically we're in the track in the car park, Um doing uh, slow motion replays at um, all sporting events. So I do everything in Australia except for the Aussie rules, uh, mostly NRL, lots of cricket, lots of tennis. You're a freelancer, so you contract out. Do you contract to the station or to the broadcast partner? Um, depending on what gig is. So for Channel 9's NRL, I contract to Channel 9. For yep. Fox, I uh, contract to the broadcast Broadcast facilitator, which is NEP. You love your sports, as we all do being Aussies, but the explosion of reality TV in Australia in terms of employment opportunities, not just for EVS, but for everyone, it was a massive explosion, wasn't it? I mean, the opportunities are endless. Yeah, and, you know, we thought that bubble would have burst by now, right? Um, yeah. I remember very early on in my TV career when I was at Channel 10, um, one of the older blokes said, if you have a job on in news or sport you will always be employed yeah yeah i've heard that mm. too um you know reality will, will, is with us for a while i mean people just like that light entertainment and it's a formula that people you know in, obviously enjoy um not me personally but um yep you know it employs a lot of, sort of friends of mine so you know um i hope it continues for a while just so 
we're all employed, you know. 100%. Now, today is the 22nd of August 2021. This is a pre-record for two reasons, uh, looking at the off-season on Andy Raymond Unfiltered, but old mate is in quarantine and half stir-crazy. You're just back from the Tokyo Olympics, and this is, what, day 12 in quarantine, mate? Yeah, I mean, I knew that this was coming. Um, just to quick, quickly just brush over what's happening in quarantine. I'm at uh, the Novotel in Darling Harbour. Um, when they Good joint. Yeah, it's not bad. People don't understand that um, the hotels are suffering at the moment because there's no tourists. So the yeah. way that hotels make money is by um, offering quarantine facilities. So basically it's run by the army and the police. And when the, um, the army corporal dropped my bags in the room and shut that door behind me 12 days ago, stuff got very real. You know, um, I thought I could... I thought I could handle it very easily. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm lazy at the best of times. Uh, <laughs> but um, Netflix only gets you so far, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've had a lot of edit jobs and, you know, I'm going to do my tax and I just, there's no balcony here. There's no, there's no um, fresh air coming in through the windows. I can't open the door. You're a smoker too. Yeah, well, <laughs> we won't mention that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> there's, um, there's been a lot of FaceTiming and, um Funnily enough, my my wonderful partner Julie gave me a, a tennis ball a few days ago, and that's um that's um it's just a simple thing of a tennis ball bouncing a tennis ball around the room is um classic catches classic on the catches bed. Catches on the bed, yeah, yeah. There's a bit, there's yeah. a bit of um, any commentary. Oh, <laughs> of course, there's commentary, mate. <laughs> that's right, mate. Um, I describe your job as probably best seat in the house. You get to see everything. Um, but you'd actually get to see nothing because you're in the truck in the car park. Exactly, mate. I've been to the biggest sporting arenas around the world in their car park. <laughs> um, wow. You know, it, it has its it has its um, pluses and minuses. I get to see every camera angle as it happens. Yep. Um, you know, I always think, wow, it'd be great to be a cameraman out there um, feeling the crowd and all that. But then it starts raining, <laughs> you know, or it's 45 yeah. degrees. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that job. So um, we're not in nice air conditioning. Um, and, you know, to to a point we do get to feel the atmosphere, obviously pre-COVID when there was an atmosphere. Um, but uh, I think I've made the right career choice. What did you make of the Tokyo Olympics? Um, just to put it in context, um, I've done nine Olympics, three winters, and Tokyo was my sixth summer games. Wow. Um Sometimes you do get, a, you know, when you get as old as me, you're probably a bit jaded. So I cover the swimming. Yep. Um, it's an all Aussie crew that covers all the aquatics. So that's uh, water polo, swimming, artistic swimming, and the diving. We do what's called the host broadcast. So we work for Olympic Broadcasting. Uh, our pitches yep. are the pitches that go around the world to the rights holders. So, so every right. country sees the same thing. Every country sees our pictures. That's right. So, yep. so in Australia, it's Channel 7 that puts our pictures to air with their own graphics and commentators, um, and they choose what they're going to put to air. But um, so we there's 30, about 28 EVS operators that go and do that job over, over all those sports. Um, because of COVID, we had a Just little, from Australia or, or from, globally? From Australia, yes. Um, yeah. we, um, we've had, we had a lot of um, people pull out due to COVID, not wanting to travel yep. and all that sort of business. So we had to get a, let's just say, a, a, some younger operators involved in it. And I had I was a little bit nervous about that. But um, to be quite honest with you, to see their excitement 
see their yep. eyes pop open and against yeah. my first Olympics. That really rubbed off on the whole crew. And, yeah, uh, we had a really good time uh, seeing the, the reaction from everything uh, on social media, you know, coming from Australia. was um, Yeah, it was really good, mate. It was really good. Can you run us through uh, the chain of events and the, the chain of command? I guess the cameramen are out filming. The pictures go back into the truck where a director is overseeing and determining which of the camera shots goes to air at any given time and then your role into it. Who is telling you what to do and how are you doing it? Okay, so we'll take every, every sport's a little bit different, I guess, but um, I guess I'll just because it's in every, everyone's um, memory, we'll talk about the swimming. Yep. So um, the director's cutting the cameras on the race. He's directing the cameras to cover, you know, who's coming first, who's coming second, spider cam, the yep. underwater cameras. He's doing that, cutting that live. Um, or he's telling the vision switch of what cameras to cut to. During the race, I'm in charge of seven EVS operators. Now they're operating the high-speed cameras, the underwater cameras, spider cam and all that. So yep. through the race, I'm telling the EBS operators um, which part of the replay sequence at the end of the race that I want them to replay. So, okay. so um, I'm talking to them. Once once the race is finished, we do the results. We do all the celebration, the results graphic. The director says to me, right, Ash, um, give us the replays. Um, Let's go. And I just tell the director, right, go to this machine first. Now go to this machine. Now go to this machine. Now they go to this machine. Now a story that everybody will probably understand is whilst I was doing that when um, Titmus won the gold medal, I yeah. saw a yellow flash in the corner of my eye um, on, on one of my camera inputs, and um, it was Dean Boxel. Uh, I quickly wow. queued it up. There we go. That was replayed into the replay sequence. Then broadcasters from around the world said, "We have that whole slab." And then, yeah, that went viral. You guys come into your own after the actual event. As you said, the race is the most important thing and there's no replays during the race, or it might be a football try or, or whatever yeah. it is. When there is a result or when there is a pause, that's when an EVS operator comes into their own. And it's about immediate, immediacy, urgency, and you have got to have a 100% strike rate in terms of correct content. Correct. So. Um Example in, in rugby league when there's a try, okay, we might have state of origin, for example. Um, not that I'm the senior in the state of origin, but you know, we've got 30 cameras, and in that heartbeat, wow. or if there's a high tackle in that heartbeat, you've got to decide what angle you see, what, what the people see. Um, mm. and I always related to if I was sitting at home and I saw a high tackle, whatever, what angle would I want to see? Uh, yep, that we always try to get those angles away first. Um, we don't always get it right. Um, but um, we're always confident that what we do put to air um, should satisfy everybody. Now, rugby league these days, it's just too fast. You, you can't get the replays away. I've been down the pub watching watching a game that obviously I wasn't covering, and then I go, why aren't they showing that? Fox Sports or Channel 9 are holding that back. Why aren't they showing that? But in reality, there's really no time, especially State of Origin. It is just so quick. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. 
any questions, any queries. They have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Mate, in terms of rugby league, just while we're on it, um, is there more pressure on you guys now as a result of the bunker and, and their demands, or bunker completely irrelevant to what you're doing? Bunker completely irrelevant to what we're doing. We used to do before the bunker. That was us that did. Um, yep. That did the video ref. Um, we got. I know we got in trouble a couple of times because the right angle wasn't shown, or. You know, mm. mate. You know, there's there's lots of technical things involved in that too. So if you've got super slow cameras down at one end, and normal cameras at the other end, a super slow camera is probably going to show that the ball bounced a little bit more, where the normal camera yeah. at the other end isn't going to show that. Um, isn't going to be as succinct. So, you know, a lot of people complained about that. Um, personally, I think we should just roll every angle right to the public. And they can text yes or no on their phones. <laughs> and they've got a minute. There to do you it. go. I love and then it. There's no complaints. <laughs> I love it, mate. Going back um, to Tokyo, and just in a broader sense, the reputation of Australian broadcast or television operators. What's our reputation on a global scale? Are we good? Are we medium? Or are we the gurus? Um, so. We're we're generally very um, very highly rated, and most of the reason for that is in England on a premier a Premier League match, um, you'll have a the senior who is calling the replays who doesn't operate. Yep. You'll have five guys just doing replays, and yep. you'll have one guy cutting the highlights. Right? Okay. Here in Australia, that's one person doing all that. Um, and that's why we're so highly rated. We we um, because of budgets, I guess you know, um, we've learnt to do a lot. We're we're the producer, we're the editor, we're the slow mo operator, you know, and um, that's why I think we're so highly rated. Um, I just as far as the Olympics go, it's been an Australian crew that's done the aquatics since Sydney. So if that's any if that's any rating of our um, school level, um, yeah, you make your own decision on. That. I remember when I started early 90s and the Bathurst 1000 crew was in excess of 160 people. Um, that was when TV producers actually ran the station, not the not the accountants. When Fox Sports started, budget was not an issue. Um, have you seen staff numbers on an event and budget, you know, get cut dramatically over the over the years, making it more of a job for you than perhaps what you did have? Yeah, I mean, I have I guess I came at the tail end of the big spending of the 80s. Yeah. Um, obviously, you'd know when Fox Sports started, there was a lot of money thrown at that. Oh, um, wow, wasn't there? Um, and to see how quickly that, that money just got cut and cut and cut and cut. Yeah. Um, uh, probably an example of that is um, A-League Football. So A League football, we had five operators doing A League football. Yeah. Um and now it's two, but they expect the same output Jeez. as we had it as, yeah. as five operators, right? 
um, the directors now switch, you know, director switches. They don't employ a switcher. It's a director mm-hmm. who switches. Um, so, yeah, definitely, Matt, definitely. Um, our jobs have got harder because the workload has increased because of decreased budgets. Mate, uh, you, you spend so much of your time uh, bouncing around the country and, and internationally and, and week to week on the rugby league or the cricket or whatever it may be. Uh, you're a filmmaker as well. Uh, we are Conjola. Uh, on the back of the, the bushfires, a film that you, well, it was your baby. It was all yours, something you're very proud of um, and something very personal, mate, too. Yeah. Okay. So the backstory there was um, um, in 2010, um, my brother and his sister-in-law lived in Conjola Park. and. Um, they sold their house and moved to a bigger house down the road. Um, unfortunately, at the time, um, my sole surviving parent, my mother, passed away. Yeah. And um, I got a little bit of inheritance. Uh, that house was in our family for a while. My mum and dad loved going there. So um, I bought the yeah. house. And um, when mum died, um, there's a bit of mum's ashes there. Um, very special yeah. spot. And I was very happy that I owned it. And well, the yeah. bank owned it, you know what I mean? And it was really the only place I ever felt like home. Um, my family has a very strong connection to that place. Yeah, and so New Year's Eve 2019, that all, um, that all was taken away with uh, the bushfire that hit Conjola Park. Uh, we lost 89 houses and, yeah, one of those was my house. Um, I was there at the time. I'd, um, I'd just got home from the Boxing Day test on New Year's Eve and I was coming home to do my washing because I was going to Perth to do the Hopman wow. Cup tennis. Um, and I, the last thing I heard from my brother was houses exploding next to him. And um, I said to Tennis Australia, I'm probably not going to get on that plane because I don't know if my brother's alive. So um, I eventually got a video from, from my sister-in-law. It was um, her, my brother, and their dog in a boat with flames all around the lake. Um, that was the only escape for a lot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, there's uh, all of the foreshore was on fire. They had to get jets, guys in jet skis and boats were coming up and washing the water up onto the trees to put the fire out so people could get into the lake. Fuck. Um, so, you know, there's so many stories, horrible stories of, um, well, great stories of survival, but just horrific stories. I, I ended up going to Perth and apparently I did a tennis tournament. I, I can't remember too much about it. I got yeah. I got down to control on uh, ten days after the fire, and I don't know about you, Andy, but I've never been to a disaster area before. I've never been to, yep. you know, I've never been to see an earthquake or anything, anything like that. Um, but coming down, and for the listeners who know the area, coming down the Princess Highway, coming across the Fisher Paradise Bridge, and coming up to the Lake and John the turn off, always filled me with excitement because I was just like, yeah, I'm home, you know, but um. All I saw was trauma. Nothing looked familiar. Um, there was this smell in the air that was just, yeah. It was just sorrow. It was just, yeah. yeah. I, I can't. I can't actually explain it. Um, in the film, um, I was. I there's video of me seeing my house and stuff, and yeah, I still can't put it into words. But you know, okay, I, I lost the house, and it wasn't my residence at the time, um, but. Um, you know, for the people that faced the fire, my brother ran from the fire. He was he had, he had his hose, and and the fire took out the water pumping station. And um, 
you know, just as the as the fireballs started coming over in his backyard, you know, he's there with garden hose and he's a fiery and he's, you know, the water went. So he had to run through the fire to get out of his house to think thinking that it was it was over. But um by the grace of God, his house survived, but everything around him's gone. Yeah, so for the people that face that fire, um mm. they, they say that you know, they have the fire in their eyes. They always have that fire in their eyes. Um, and to live, a, and more, more on that, just to live amongst that trauma and still today, you know, like there's no houses there. There's only a few gone up. So there's just this constant reminder every time you go out your front gate of what happened. I know all your mates um, are very proud of what you did and, and, and how you did it. You're proud of what you did and how you did it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, it, just to tell you about the process, so... A week after, well, maybe a month after the fire, I was talking to my neighbour, Adam. Adam was an artist in my street. He and his wife lost their house and he also lost his life's work of paintings and sculptures and tools. Oh, wow. And he said, um, Ash, I just want to start creating again, but all, all I have is this, all I have is a paper and pencil. That's all he had. Um, at the same time, my other neighbour, Stefo, very accomplished poet, just started writing this beautiful poetry on the, on the, um, uh, Conjola Recovery Facebook page. There was an artist down the road, Penny, who was painting these beautiful bushfire pictures. And it was all the, all the artists in the area, and there are a lot of artists down there, were turning to art to deal with their trauma. And in, and in turn, they were inspiring the non-artists to also turn to art. And I thought that was an interesting mm. process to capture on film. And when I started, you know, doing um, pre-production on that, I guess, um, a few of the people from the area came to me and said, Ash, we want you to tell our bushfire story. A few producers had gone down there, but they shut the gates, but they entrusted me to tell their story. And, um, yeah, that was a, an incredible weight on my shoulders. But I just wanted to, I wanted to tell the story that the community wanted told. I didn't necessarily want to tell a story that, um, you know, would be for the ABC viewers or the SBS viewers. I, was, I, I had yeah. confidence that their stories would get this film over the line. Okay, so we don't have a broadcaster. However, it's um, we're about to, uh, by the time this goes to air, we'll have a streaming service set up so people can watch it. But it's uh, it's one film festival awards around the world. Um, it's interesting. Some of the film festivals interview people after they've seen it, like in Canada, for example, and hearing people from North America talk about our little place at Conjola Park or Lake Conjola, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very pleasing that, um, you know, their story was heard because up until then they probably, did, probably didn't have a voice. Um, some horrible things happened to them post the fire, which uh, is in the film, and just makes you question um, the government's response to those sort of emergencies and whether it's the right response. Um, yep. uh, for example, the community was locked down for eight days. You couldn't go in or out. Uh, there were police basically blockades, so if you went out, my sister-in-law, for example, um, runs the oncology unit at Milton Hospital. Um, she was threatened with arrest if she went to work to come back home because she had to go and uh, open up oh. oncology. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that is that's just one story of many. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so next time, if the film does anything, I just hope it makes people think next time of, firstly, how we can, how we can avoid these sort of disasters, how we yep. fight them. Mm. And um, and you know how we deal with the cleanup. Yeah, deal, dealing with the cleanup, mate. We um, up here on the Sunshine Coast. I think yeah, it was they were close to you. They were close to you. Right? Three or four months before Conjola, 
Yeah, mate, they got to within 150 metres of, of home. Um, and the fireys and the volunteers, absolute fucking superheroes. Mm-hmm. Just astonishing and mind-blowing, but I don't want anything to do with any type of natural disaster or phenomenon or whatever they want to call it. Again, that, as you said at the start of your explanation, it is frightening. Mm-hmm. It is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my brother is fire and rescue, and he's fought a few bushfires before. But yeah, he's—I'm sure he—he he may listen to this, and he won't mind me saying he's—he's he's now out of fire and rescue, and I think he's happier. Day twelve of fourteen in quarantine, old mate. What's the plan? What's the plan? Oh, I think I'll have a lazy Sunday, mate. Just stay in, you know, read the papers. Yes. <laughs> what do you do when you get out? What's the uh, what's the plan oh, there? Mate, so I'm I'm residing on the central coast now. I, I just want to walk along the beach. I'm just thinking yep. for a beach walk, you know, like. The accommodation in Tokyo was pretty much like a shoebox, big city, you know. Yeah. yeah. Straight to here. I just, I just been boxed in. I just need to walk in an open space. There you have it. Another Andy Raymond unfiltered podcast. Where the podcast that doesn't talk about the legends of the game, we're the one that talks with them for you. Over the off season, we've got two weekly podcasts. Tuesdays a Q and A day. Your questions, their answers. You legends are in complete control of the interview. Look out. Then the weekend story comes out. You guessed it, on the weekend. We're moving away from footy for this one and chatting with friends I've met along the journey. All with amazing, confrontational or emotional yarns. It proves you don't necessarily have to be a big name to have a big story. Before you go, we'd love for you to hit that five-star rating for us on the app you're listening on, on the way out. Write a review too, we'd love that. It helps us grow the brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon, legends.